Welcome everyone and thank you for joining us here on The Rescue, where you will hear Brother Dewey Dewar preaching in the Word of God concerning the last days and events that are in our world today, leading to the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Most importantly, that you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And now, here is your speaker, Brother Dewey Dwyer. Praise the Lord, I'm Dewey Dwyer. We're here to show you more about the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, and how soon it will be, and it looks like it'd be any second now. It could happen while we're talking to you. And the major thing is what we're telling you. You need salvation. If you're not a born-again Christian, listen just for a short while to God's Word, and you will learn the reality of what's happening upon our earth and see it happening before your eyes. And Jesus said, when you see all these things, this generation, over Matthew 24, he warned the generation that sees all these things. He said, very, very soon, this generation shall not pass till all these things are fulfilled. And he said, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. God's word shall not pass away. But as we look in Revelations, we're going straight through it. We've, been at, we've got the four horsemen of the Apocalypse and all those things up to the point of where the people in tribulation were killed. But listen closely what Jesus said. Let's look again in Matthew in the 24th chapter. And he said, verse 7, Nation shall rise against station, kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilence, earthquakes, and diverse places. But these are just the beginning of sorrows. Jesus is not sneaking up on you. He's giving you the previews of what will happen just before Rev Revelation 6, 1 opens. The seals open. Jesus said, I'm warning you just before I come back. And 2 Thessalonians 2, 7 through 12. He who now letteth the Holy Spirit of God will let until he's taken out of the way and then the evil one, the Antichrist, will be revealed. And again, over in Jose, God warning the United States of America. Well, they say it's talking to Israel, but it's talking to any nation that turns her back on God. And he said, the Lord had a controversy with the inhabitants of the land. The land of Israel was talking at that time, but this applies. See, the Old Testament is an outline, a teacher for all of the nations of the earth when they do not. When they've been told about the Word of God and do not honor the Word of God. God said, I have a controversy with the land, the inhabitants of this land, because there's no truth. Look at your nation. Look at the world. One lie after another. Who's the father of lies? Satan is himself. Satan is the father of all lies. No truth. No mercy. No knowledge of God in the land. They went away from the Holy Scripture. It's a 1611 King James Version. And he said, they're swearing and lying and killing and stealing, committing adultery, breaking out blood with blood, abortion, 4,500 babies killed in the United States along every day in the womb of women. Abortions continually. But God said, these things will happen, particularly the pestilence of AIDS. Here's a notation from the newspaper in Dallas News. He said, AIDS, the bad news 10 years later, First, when the first numbers grow from five to 10,000 every day, and then another one said the health organization, the World Health Organization said they're estimated 40 million and growing by the thousands every day in our world today. So it's in our own communities. It's in our cities. It's in the country. It's everywhere. But there's no cure. 
the plague of AIDS is just one of hundreds of pestilence that Jesus talked about as he said in these days there would be pestilence and all the different things was happening here in chapter 24 of Matthew this generation there shall be famines pestilence earthquakes kingdom against kingdom in diverse places of all the earthquakes that are happening 200 or more day major earthquakes are happening everywhere just exactly and look again as over in Luke what Luke said about this as he pinned it down in chapter 21 of Luke he said in verse 25 still the signs of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ what the earth would be like and he said when you see these things he says I'm even at the door he said, look up your redemption is nice. It's what Jesus was talking to the Christians. But he's talking to you lost men to get you to save your soul. As he said, there shall be signs in the sun. Verse 25 of chapter 21, Luke. Signs in the sun and the moon and the stars and upon the earth. Distress of nations with perplexity of the seas, roaring waves. Men's hearts will be failing them. For as they shall see, the Son of Man will come in the clouds. This is after, after we've seen the previews. We're seeing it happen on our earth today. Even the same things that Jesus warned us about. But as we talk about the revelations, revealing of the things that's coming up on this earth and what's going to happen and how fast they're happening, but you're seeing it. You're seeing all these things. The pestilence, the earthquakes, all the different people, heart attacks are the greatest killers. Age is second. But AIDS is running a fast race with the greatest killer, heart attacks, because of the situations up on the earth. As we looked in Revelations chapter 6, as we're continuing until we go clear through Revelations, at the major part of the, of the different plagues and things and of the judgments of God as they come upon the world. First we saw in as Jesus opened the first seal is chapter 6 verse 1 and we saw the white horse a man pretending to be God you're seeing the preparation daily as the mark of the beast is in your vicinity of everything the actual barcodes on everything that you use in life every product your universal product code on the barcode starts with a six has a six in the middle and then you end with a six of every product that you're buying in daily life right now. The Antichrist system is here. The paving of the way, the actual signs that we're seeing happening as the Bible described 2,000 or more years ago. This is happening. Then you see another horse, the red horse of war. The just a, a verge of breaking out a tremendous World War III in the Middle East at all times. Russia will head south and try to take over the oil lands as it's described in Ezekiel 38. Then that's the second seal, the horse of war, just on the verge of that. God's showing you these previews, lost man. You need to be saved. How? The Bible tells you that if you'll confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe, see the key word is believe. If you do not believe God's word, you cannot be saved. Believe what of God's word? Believe in the death, the burial, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And ask, you must ask Him to come in your heart and give yourself to Him. Be willing to repent, turn from your way of life and turn unto Jesus Christ and ask Him to be your Lord and Savior. Not just believe, but believe in and on. So the key word is believe in Jesus Christ. 
Believe on the record that the Bible told you that you needed a Savior and His name is Jesus. There's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And then you see another horse and you see it, the previews of this horse. Now, this horse business was a describing a fast action of the plagues and the judgment of God upon a world just before the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. And again, I point out to you that in 2 Thessalonians 2, 7 through 12, you read that scripture and it says that if you are here when the evil one arrives on the scene, every Christian will be gone off the earth. And if you're left here, that means that you're going through the tribulation and you'll be killed probably in the first three and a half years. And you will believe the lie that Satan, the Antichrist, has brought forth. And then you will see the great famines. You'll see the great wars of Ezekiel 38. And then you'll see all the wars all over the earth. World War III is now on the projection of just being in a few years, a few minutes, could break out any second. But then after every war, there's always famine. And then comes death. Death. In Revelations chapter 6, in the first three and a half years, you see that half of the people upon the earth are killed. Bodies laying everywhere all over your earth for not even time to bury them. The bones, the people, the flesh of these people will be laying everywhere. The animals, the birds will be eating the flesh of the humans. You imagine our earth has almost six billion people. Three billion will be laying all over the earth. No time. No time for anything but try to escape the judgments of God which will be impossible. Impossible to escape if you've heard the Word of God and you've refused to believe in the death, burial, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. You're going to go to hell. You're going to see hell on earth. And that will be the during the tribulation as described chapter 6 as the judgments of God begin to show and unfold are already previewed for you by God to try to show you that you need Jesus as the Lord and Savior. You're seeing this happen. Death and hell is already running rampant on earth. But during the tribulation time as the judgments of God and Satan is loosed and he will destroy you and take you to hell and then to the lake of fire forever and ever. And then we've got down to the chapter 6 and the fifth seal. We talked about the people that were already in heaven under the altar. This is not this is not the born-again Christian. This is the people that were killed during tribulation who had not heard the Word of God. If you've heard the Word of God and you refuse it, you will go to hell. There's no other way. You're going to pay the price of sin, the wages of sin is death, and you're going to pay. You're going to pay the price of sin, and that's hell and then the lake of fire, and it's going to be forever. I'm trying to get you. To save your own life. You have the power. Today we want to talk to you again about the power of God. As well as revelations and revealing of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. First, on the first chapter of John. In the book of the Bible. He said in verse 112. As many. That's you. Lost man. I'm talking about anyone that's not born again. You're lost. You're going to hell. There's none other name under heaven to give among men. Whereby we must be saved. His name is Jesus Christ. And there's no other way. He's the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to the Father but by Jesus Christ. But during the tribulation time, God has allowed the people who have not heard the Word of God to receive salvation. Lost men, you're listening today. You haven't received Jesus as Lord and Savior. You're not part of these people. You're going to go to hell if you don't receive Jesus before 
this Antichrist comes on the scene. Before this man proclaims him as the ruler of the world, this will be at the very first, very first verse of Revelation chapter 6 as Jesus unveils the plagues and the judgments of God that's coming up on this earth. Your life's at stake, but you have the power. You have the power to become a son of God with God's help. As many as receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, to them gave He the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on His name. Believe, you notice. If you don't believe in the finished works of the Lord Jesus Christ on Calvary's cross, believing in His death, His burial, His resurrection, and that He is God, you can't be saved. You cannot go to heaven. You will go to hell. You will burn throughout eternity. Why? Because you refuse to believe in the finished works of the Lord Jesus Christ, God Himself on Calvary's cross. Jesus was God. God indwelled that fleshly body that man might be saved. Only you and God can do this. This happens, and it happens very instantly when you believe in Jesus Christ. Only you can do that. As we see our words of God, again, it tells you after you become a son of God. After you have received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, how do you do that? You believe in His finished works on Calvary's cross. Then, ask Jesus to come in your heart. That if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. You will not have to go to hell. You will not have to go into tribulation. You will not go to the lake of fire. You will go to heaven. It's guaranteed that you will live forever. Incidentally, every person that's ever been on this earth will live eternally. There is no such thing as a something that's that has been made of God. Everything that was made of God is forever. And you will live eternally. One of two places. Either heaven or hell. You have the power, you have the choice to choose your eternal destination. You try to go any other way than the Lord Jesus Christ, and that way will lead you to one place. Eternally in a lake of fire. So you're the person. You're the person who decides not me. All I can do is tell you what the Word of God said. The Word of God says that if you'll confess with your mouth and believe, you must believe what you're saying. You must believe with your heart. God knows what you believe. And if you don't believe in Jesus, there's no point in praying the prayer. But that if you will believe, believe with all your heart and soul, in the death, the burial, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ and His finished works on Calvary's cross, this tribulation period will not be for you. You ask Him to come in your heart. Jesus, Jesus, I give you me. He knows what you believe. And when you believe it, you must ask Him in. He's not just coming in. And you will be eternally saved from the penalty of sin. The wages of sin is death and a lake of fire forever and ever. But the gift of God is eternal life. See, there's two different things. One way you have to pay the price of sin. The other way God paid it for you and He gives you eternal life when you believe. As we look in chapter 6, the fifth seal, it shows the people that were saved during tribulation time. And it is not, is not, is not the people who've heard the Word of God before the Christians leave. The Christians will leave this earth 
Jesus with a shout of an archangel will call every Christian off this earth. The same Jesus you see portrayed here on Calvary's cross that paid the price for salvation for those that would believe. Believe in his finished works. With a shout of an archangel and the eastern sky, God said you did people that believed in Jesus arise out of those graves. Jesus said in you which are alive and remain will be taken up to, means taken off this earth and meet him in the eastern sky with Jesus to ever be with the Lord Jesus Christ. And then, and then, all hell breaks loose on this world. And you're seeing a near hell break loose right now as all the pestilence, the earthquakes, the tornadoes, the hurricanes that are showing up as the preview of the coming disasters that God has showed you in His Scriptures. And to defy the Word of God is to go straight to hell with no Redeemer. Because you must believe in the Word of God. You must ask Him in. So as these people in the fifth seal, verse 9, it's not you now, remember? This is that person who hadn't heard the Word of God. When he said he had opened the fifth seal, judgments of God unfolding here. The judgments of God as they're told to you in the Bible. The 1611 King James. The rest of them don't mess with them. And he opened the fifth seal and I saw the altar. The souls of them which were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. And they cried with a loud voice saying, How long, O Lord? Hello, Jesus, are you going to put up with these people killing us? Killing the people that believed upon the earth during tribulation time. Remember, during tribulation time, every born-again Christian is off of this earth in heaven. Then those who have not heard the word of God have given a chance to be saved and they will be slaughtered by the hundreds of thousands. Many people on this earth has not heard the word of God. And the nations which reject Jesus does not allow people to listen to the Word of God. God's going to give them a chance. You have a great privilege right now. You're hearing the Word of God. If you'll admit you're a sinner, you'll believe in the death, burial, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ and call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and give yourself to Jesus. Then you have eternal life. You don't have to be one of these because you won't be because you've heard the Word of God and refused it. You're going to believe a lie. You're going to believe this guy who's coming in a great pomp. I mean a great enticing you how wonderful, how great he is and how much he knows and how he's going to remedy all the things up on earth. You know how long that last? About like that. And then all of a sudden all hell breaks loose. War in every direction. World War III is here. All it likes is just a little igniting in the Middle East and it begins the whole world's involved. The Bible's already told you that. You have no excuse. But as we see, the people saying, how long, Lord, are you going to put up that? He said, oh, just a little while till the rest of the people that have not heard the word of God will hear it. How are they going to hear it if all the Christians gone? Well, a little later on, we're going to see where there's an angel flying through the heavens proclaiming the word of God. In my own words, they'll probably have ever any aircraft gun, all the jets and everything else trying to shoot down this angel. He's impossible. He belongs to God. He's proclaiming the Word of God. Nobody can stop him. So nobody will have an excuse for not receiving Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Then there comes two prophets, Moses and Elijah, or Moses and Enoch. And they're the same way. They, they were taken up to heaven. Now they're brought back. 
That's in the Old Testament. They were taken up and Jesus returns them and they preach to the world and in Jerusalem after three years why they are killed and then they just simply stand up again. But during that three years people will try to kill the prophets that are preaching the word of God and they can't because God protects them. And if they attempt to kill Moses or Elijah or Moses and Enoch, then they will be killed by like manner. This is the word of God telling you that the people in tribulation will hear the word of God. And there will be millions probably saved. But it won't be you. I'm talking to you because I want you to go to heaven. I want you to learn. But if you heard the word of God and you refuse it, you're going to go to hell. If you don't become a Christian before Jesus returns and this Antichrist is set up. See, Jesus is going to take all the Christian off. I won't be preaching to you no more. But there will be one who preached to the world who has not. Those were there people in the world who has not heard the word of God. Those will be Moses and Elijah. Then there'll be 144,000 Jews that don't even believe in Christ now. I mean, the 144,000 is going to believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and they'll, they'll be sealed. 12,000 from each of the tribes of Israel will be preaching the Word of God like never before. Untouchables. The Antichrist can't stop them. They'll be telling the world about Jesus. Not you. You heard the Word of God and you refused it. Jesus comes on the scene, takes every Christian off the earth. Then there'll be nobody to tell you. Because your ears will not hear the Word of God. Your eyes will not see the Word of God. You can't read the Word of God. But you will believe. You'll believe in the Antichrist. You'll believe in a man who proclaims to be God. The system of the Antichrist is here. And the 666 is already here. It's being used all over your earth right now. See, Jesus is not hiding anything from you. He's showing you ahead of time, trying to get you. Or despise the riches of His goodness and forbearance, not knowing that the goodness of God is trying to lead you to repentance. Romans 2.4 So God is, you say, well, I don't need nothing. You need Jesus. On April 27, 1980, I needed a Savior, and I didn't even know it. I thought I had everything I needed all over this world. But I found out I didn't. I was going to hell. And a plain little old preacher preached the Word of God and said, Dewey, he didn't say Dewey, he just looked at me. And he said, you're going to go to hell. God's Word speaks. God's Word speaking to you today, trying to get you not to go to hell. God's Word speaks that you need a Savior. You believe in the death, the burial, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, and the Savior will give you eternal life when you ask Him to come in. If you believe it, you can't pray no prayer good enough to go to heaven. You've got to believe and then pray a prayer to God. Believe in Jesus' death, burial, resurrection, and His soon coming, that He is the Son of God. He arose from the dead for you, not just me, but anyone that would believe. And behold, in the, twelve, in the sixth seal, Revelations chapter 6, verse 12, I behold, and there opened the sixth seal, and there was a great earthquake. You think these little puny earthquakes of six and seven on Richter shells is a big deal. They don't even mention them in the newspaper. That's how insignificant they are. They don't say a word if they kill a thousand or two hundred or whatever. They just don't mention them no more because there's two hundred or more earthquakes happening every day upon the earth. Incidentally, let's read this real quick. Beware the spies that are in the sky. They know your every doing. There's been, just in a few days ago, at least 12 satellites have been launched and into space in the past month, the Washington Insider told this newspaper. They have the ability to monitor 
the entire country of the United States or anywhere on earth and record what they see on microfilm and contents of the film are downloaded every 24 hours into computers. Incidentally, the computers are probably stationed at the great Lucid project just outside of the Washington, D.C. area in Fort Meade, Maryland. So as they're down, downloaded into the computers 24 hours a day, the copied film is then rushed to the government agencies outside of Washington. Notice that. Notably, CIA and others shall we just say that less known for federal organizations, they're learning fast. The satellite images are enhanced and we call it a zoom thing. Well, like, you know, you see your TV set or camera where you zoom right in on an object. Well, the satellites have the ability to zoom right in and can cover you within a 12-inch area any place on Earth. Just think what it'll be like when the Antichrist comes on the scene and he says, I want you to take a little mark, 666. Well, they can do that right now. They've already got you marked. They've already used in the mark. They just haven't got around to putting it on your hand or forehead. And when the Antichrist comes, he's going to say, I want 666 right here. That's the death. That's the mark of death. But, see, they won't have no problem catching you. They can look right in your own backyard or the interior of your car which you drive. These satellites have been in line for a few years. Now they got them up there. How soon the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ? When he comes and you're not saved, when you're not received Jesus, you're going to hell. You're going to burn in hell for 1,000 years while we Christians will be in heaven, hell on earth for seven years. And then you'll go before a great white throne judgment which is in outer space. You'll have no place to hide. Revelations. As you look at the last part of it, you see the great white throne judgment. And you're standing there. And then they say, open the book. The books and the book. The book of life. Is his name in the book of life? No, he didn't receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. That's why he's here. Cast him into outer darkness, to the lake of fire, to burn forever and ever. Why? Because you would not believe the simple message that I'm preaching or any other Christian have told you about. The simple message of the Lord Jesus Christ. Admit your sinner. Believe in the death, burial, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And call upon the name of the Lord. You've got to believe in Him. It ain't just the words. It's the believing and then the words. Asking Jesus, Jesus to come in your heart. As we begin to close, we'll continue this the next sermon. But the sixth seal causes a tremendous earthquake like never before on earth. Like never before. In chapter 6, verse 12 and 13. And people are dying by the thousands. But you don't have to be one of those. You don't have to go in tribulation. This simple message is all you need. But you've got to believe. Believe in Jesus. And then pray a prayer. Something like this. After you believe and say, Father, in Jesus' name I come to you and I ask you. I ask you to save me. He said, I will. And then he said, I you tell him. You say, I believe in your son, Jesus Christ, that he is God. And then he rose from the dead for my justification. I ask you, Jesus, to come into my heart. You know what? 
God answered you already in John 6, 37. He said, him that cometh to me, Jesus said that. Him that cometh to me, I will no wise cast out. Save your life. Church sang in the choir, even paid my tithes. 
But somehow or another, I just had to try the world. And I did. And being hard-headed, I followed my so-called friends. And I got myself in so much trouble. And my soul was in such misery. And I began reading Matthew, the 13th chapter, the 21st to 22nd verse. And that's when I fell on my knees and confessed. I said, Father, I'm weak, thou art strong. But from my weakness, Father God, I've done wrong. Since I turn aside, have come and gone. Now my soul, my soul is in misery. And right now, Lord, I'm willing to confess all of my sins to thee. I began to read Romans 10, 9. And I told God to take me back and try me one more time. And he answered my prayer. Now, if you are one that your parents have taught you about Christ, but when you grew up, got a little beside yourself and went back into the world. But mothers and fathers, you don't have a thing to worry about because Jesus said, train a child where it should go. And when it is old, it will not depart. Then say one stray, you know, we'll all have made mistakes. But when that child come to a cross, road of life, they'll remember everything you told them. They'll say, Father, I confess all of my sins to thee. Then merciful God will open up his loving arms. He'll take that child back. God knows he'll try them one more time. I hear that child saying to God right now, Father, I am weak. I'm weak. Merciful Father, in the name of Jesus, take your child back, take me back, Lord, and try me one more time. And that child kept on saying, in the name of Jesus, 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 try me, Lord, one more time. And God show answer that child's prayer. Matthew 24 And Jesus went out, and departed from the temple. And his disciples came to him, for to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said unto them, See ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, There shall not be left here one stone upon another, that shall not be thrown down. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be, 
And what shall be the sign of thy coming, and of the end of the world? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And ye shall hear of wars, and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famines, and pestilences, and earthquakes in divers places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted, and shall kill you. And ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended, and shall betray one another, and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall rise, and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same, shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations. And then shall the end come. When ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation, spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place, whoso readeth, let him understand. Then let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains. Let him which is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of his house. Neither let him which is in the field return back to take his clothes. And woe unto them that are with child, and to them that give suck in those days. But pray ye that your flight be not in the winter, neither on the Sabbath day. For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time. No nor ever shall be, and except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. Then if any man shall say unto you, Lo, here is Christ, or there, believe it not. For there shall arise false Christs and false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that, if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect, Behold, I have told you before. Wherefore, if they shall say unto you, Behold, he is in the desert, go not forth. Behold, he is in the secret chambers, believe it not. For as the lightning cometh out of the east, and shineth even unto the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For wheresoever the carcass is, there will the eagles be gathered together. Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light, and the stars shall fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. Now learn a parable of the fig tree. When his branch is yet tender, and putteth forth leaves, ye know that summer is nigh. So likewise ye, when ye shall see all these things, know that it is near, even at the doors. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass, till all these things be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, 
but my father only. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and knew not until the flood came, and took them all away. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Then shall two be in the field, the one shall be taken, the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the mill, the one shall be taken, and the other left. Watch therefore, for ye know not what hour your Lord doth come. But know this, that if the good man of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched, and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore be ye also ready, for in such an hour as ye think not, the Son of Man cometh. Who then is a faithful and wise servant, whom his Lord hath made ruler over his household to give them meat in due season? Blessed is that servant, whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Verily I say unto you, that he shall make him ruler over all his goods. But, and if that evil servant shall say in his heart, My Lord delayeth his coming, and shall begin to smite his fellow servants, and to eat and drink with the drunken, the Lord of that servant shall come in a day, when he looketh not for him, and in an hour that he is not aware of, and shall cut him asunder, and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. When I see leaves falling I know winter's coming When flowers are blooming I know there's a spring For the seasons abide by The word he has given Now signs are appearing for Jesus to come I'm looking for Jesus My soon coming King I know He's returning Like a bird on a wing It may be at morning But he may come tonight I want to be ready to go Let my soul take its flight The trumpet will sound for The joy of that moment my soul hears his footsteps And I look toward the sky My heart beats with rapture As the Spirit speaks to me Saying lift up your head for My coming is nigh I'm looking for Jesus, my soon coming King, 
So 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse number 7. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse number 7. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. And then shall that wicked be revealed whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders. Verse 10, And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this cause, in verse 11, because they didn't want to receive the love of the truth, God, shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. That they all might be damned who believed not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Now, ladies and gentlemen, look up here tonight because I need your undivided attention. I'm preaching on a very controversial subject tonight. I'm going to preach tonight on the tribulation period. I never dreamed, I did not know there was so much confusion about the tribulation period in our Baptist churches. I was preaching with a man some time ago and he preached first and this is what he said. He said, ladies and gentlemen, I hate to upset you, but you are going to be here the first three and a half years of the tribulation period. And I had to follow that nut. And when I got up after him, this is what I said. I said, sir, I'm not here to kill this meeting and I don't want to start a fight. But if you're here the first three and a half years of the tribulation, don't bother packing your clothes. You're going to be the, here the last three and a half years of the tribulation. Here in 2 Thessalonians chapter number 2, Paul had a problem. Some false prophets had written the people of God there in Thessalonica and said that Jesus had already come and that they had been left behind. He warned them in chapter 4 of 1 Thessalonians that the Lord had not come yet. And somebody had wrote fake letters and even signed the apostles' name to them again clarifying and declaring that Jesus had already come. And he tells us in the beginning of this chapter that before he comes, there will be a falling away. And God knows we see that before our very eyes. But there is a period of time yet ahead uh, called the tribulation period. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 24, there's never been days like it before, neither shall there be any days like it hereafter. In Matthew 24, the first part of the chapter, he calls it tribulation. The last part of the chapter, he calls it great tribulation. The Bible said in Jeremiah chapter number 30 that this is a time of Jacob's trouble. 
This is the time of the judgment of God on Israel because they cried, let his blood be upon us and our children. Would they crucify the Son of God? This is seven years of judgment that God has pronounced upon the Jew. But the severity of the judgment will be so real and so divine that the whole universe will be affected by the wrath of a sovereign almighty God. And the Bible calls it the tribulation period. I want to preach tonight for just a few minutes on the subject why I'm glad I will not go through the tribulation period. Why I'm glad I'm not going through the tribulation period. I want to give you chronologically what's going to happen next on God's great divine prophetic time calendar. Let me mention them to you quickly. I'll give you an outline and I'm headed back to Mississippi, God's promised land. Hallelujah. You know, there's a chance that Adam was made in the state of Mississippi. Uh, Adam means red man and there's no redder clay in the world than right there in Mississippi where I'm from. Wouldn't it be something if we get to heaven and Adam's a redneck from Mississippi? <laughs> I believe Eve is a lizard-tongued Democrat from Arkansas. That's exactly what I believe. But anyhow, let me get into the message. And I don't care if you're mad or not, I'm not coming back either. I'm going to show you from the Bible why I'm glad I'm not going through the tribulation period. Number one, I want to tell you the next event to take place is the saints will be removed before the tribulation period ever begins. Don't you ever let anybody tell you that the church is going through the tribulation. The Bible said in 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5 and verse number 9 that God has not appointed us unto wrath but to obtain salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ. Why do you think Jeremiah called it Jacob's trouble? Jacob was turned to Israel. God said this seven year tribulation period is not for the church, but it's for my earthly people, Israel. I'm glad, thank God, before the Antichrist ever steps out on the scene, we that are saved by the grace of God will be in the presence of our Lord. Hey, you'd be surprised at the people that spend their lifetime trying to figure out who the Antichrist is going to be. Hey, take some. I don't give a flip who he's going to be. I'm gone before he ever sticks his ugly head up. We that are saved will be out of here. The Bible said for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and the voice and the archangel of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. And we which are alive and remain shall be caught up in the clouds and meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Hallelujah, I'm listening for the trumpet. And the Bible said... In the moment of a twinkling of an eye, Jesus could come again. I looked that up scientifically. Did you know that's less than one twentieth of a second? That twinkling of the eye is the time it takes for your muscle to tighten for your eye to twitch. In less than one twentieth of a second from right now, every one of us that are saved could be out of here in a glorified body and in the presence of our Lord. I had a Jehoiakim's wickedness knock on my door one day and say, don't you know we're going to inherit the earth? I said, you can have the sucker. Bless God, this world's not my home. I'm glad somewhere over yonder on the other side of it, on the other side of eternity, God has a place prepared for all the people of God. I say to you, before the tribulation begins, there's the removing of the saints of God. Now let me give you something I don't ever want you to forget. I have Bible theologians and Bible study people that come to me all the time and they have a problem with this and I want to clarify it for you. They come to me and say, Brother Kid, what do you do with Noah? 
God didn't deliver Noah from the judgment. God prepared an ark and put Noah and his family in it and God preserved them through judgment. He said that's a type of the church going through the tribulation and coming out on the other end with a new earth and a millennial reign. And he said, you've got to understand, God's not taking the church out of judgment. He's just going to preserve it through the tribulation period. I said, brother, I can understand you believing that if you're reading Genesis chapter number 9. But I said, what you don't understand is God's not dealing with the church in chapter number 9. He deals with the church back in chapter number 6 of the book of Genesis. The Bible said there was a man who walked with God and his name was Enoch. And for 300 years he walked with God. And I'm telling you before the flood waters ever come, the Bible said one day God translated him and he went to heaven without dying. I'm telling you before judgment comes, the child of God will be out of here. Noah's not a type of the church going through the tribulation. Noah is a type of Israel going through the tribulation. We're translated in chapter 6 before the tribulation ever begins. Hallelujah, I'm so glad I'm not going through the tribulation period. I've been sealed under the day of redemption. I'm heaven bound with the hammer down and it could be tonight, praise God. Get up. I can't wait to see some of you sophisticated, pruny-nosed rednecks on resurrection morning if you're in it. So I say, oh, that's shouting. That's just not deep enough for me. Well, let me put, put this in your pipe and smoke it, buddy. When Jesus comes again, you know what the Bible said he's coming with? He's not coming with a dictionary. He's not coming with a degree. He's not coming with theology. You know what the Bible said he's coming with? One thing, a shout. If it's deep enough for Jesus, buddy, you mark her down. It's deep enough for me. And I'm telling you, when we leave this sin-cursed world and we get a glorified body and we see him face to face, you think we're happy now, honey. You wait, bless God. You just wait. You ain't seen nothing yet. You ain't seen nothing yet. Bless God, some of you dead heads, I'm gonna stick my tongue out that far and tell you it was good, praise God. Bless God, you sing that song, everybody will be happy over there and you're not gonna be a minute earlier, are you? <laughs> Woo! I'm glad, thank God, I'm not going through the tribulation period. The saints will be removed before it ever begins. Number two, I must hurry. Sin will be without restraint when the tribulation period begins. Oh, I'm so glad I'm not gonna be here. You know what the Bible said in 2 Thessalonians chapter two and verse seven, look at your Bible. He that now leteth. Notice it didn't say it, it says he. There is a person in the world that is hindering the tribulation period from ever beginning. Who is he? I promise you it's not the Pope. Any man that wears a dress and don't want to get married, you better get away from him now. Bless God, I tell you one thing. Where I come from, we got bad vibes off that a long time ago. It ain't the Pope holding him back. God knows it ain't Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton and Bill Clinton holding him back. Yeah, man, that's right. 
I'm going to tell you, there's only one person in this world that has the power and the authority to hold him back, and that's the Spirit of God that's living in the heart of every believer. He's God. He's got the devil on a chain, bless God. He can only go so far, and he's not about to be revealed till we're out of here. Now, wait a minute. The only thing holding this mud ball together tonight is the children of God. We're the salt of the earth. We're the light of the world. Every morning when a sinner gets out of bed, he ought to thank God the church is still in this world. Because if you think it's bad now, you wait till Jesus takes his children out of here. You ain't seen nothing yet, buddy. They won't be voting on liquor by the drink. They'll be voting on cutting folks' heads off. That's what the Bible said. I'm telling you all the restraints, all law and order, all governing bodies will be done away with and sin will be rapid at an all-time high. All the floodgates of hell that the church has held back will finally be open. Sin will be on every hand like it's never been recorded in America before. 9,744 teenagers have committed suicide since I started revival here Monday night in America. But if you think that's bad, honey... You wait till Jesus pulls us out of here. 1,800 women were raped in America since I started this revival Monday night. But you think that's bad, buddy? You wait till Jesus pulls us out of here. America buys over $30 million worth of pornography every 24 hours. But you ain't seen nothing till Jesus pulls us out of here. America drinks over 20 million gallons of beer a day. But you wait till Jesus pulls us out of here. Over 500,000 men are serving prison terms in federal pens across our country. Long-term prison terms. Seven out of ten of them are repeat offenders. But if you think it's bad now, you wait till Jesus pulls his bride out of here. Listen, women are having babies in the back seat of their car and throwing them in dumpsters and driving off. When you think about how bad it is now, you got men kissing men walking down the street wanting to get a marriage license. Let me throw this in. Bless God, I don't care if they have a marriage license as long as a roll of toilet paper. They're still an abomination in the sight of God. I don't care what the judge says. I don't care what the law says. I know what God said. It's a filthy, rotten abomination and it always shall be. But you think it's bad now? You wait till Jesus pulls us out of here. Mental wards are overflowing. Detention homes are filled to capacity. All time high. Everybody's on drugs. Liquor's everywhere. Fornication, incest, rape, illegitimate babies. 750,000 teenage girls gave birth to baby last year and nobody to call daddy. 40,000 11-year-old girls got pregnant in America last year. Sodomy is at an all-time high. 85% of the sodomites in America admit that they were molested while they were children. Child molestation and incest, it's breaking all the charts and all the records. And sometimes, Brother Joe, I go to bed and say, how in the name of God can it get worse? But you wait. You wait till Jesus comes and the children of God leave this world. You ain't seen nothing yet, buddy. Sin will be without restraint. I'm glad I'll be gone before the tribulation begins. Number three, I gotta hurry. Satan will be revealed according to chapter two of 2 Thessalonians and verse number eight. Then, after that spirit of God is gone, 
then shall the wicked be revealed. Now you've got to understand something about the Antichrist, the false prophet, and Satan. According to Revelation chapter number 6, it's a panoramic view of the tribulation period. From Revelation chapter number 4, verse 1, through Revelation chapter number 19, you have this seven-year period of time. But in Revelation chapter 6, you'll see a panoramic view of the tribulation period. There's a white horse, a red horse, a black horse, and a pale horse. Those are four main events that will take place during that seven-year tribulation period. The first horse that comes out is a white horse. Somebody's sitting on the horse, they got a crown on their head, and they got a bow in their hand. But they don't have an arrow. The reason being is they're not coming to bring war. They say they're coming to bring peace. They're on a white horse because they'll claim to be God. The Antichrist will come on the scene. Untold millions of Christians will be gone. Graves will be busted wide open. Folks will be missing for everywhere. And this man filled with charisma and power and lying wonders will step out on the scene. He'll be put on satellite television around the world. He'll be on TV in so fast it'll make your head swim. <laughs> Woo, come on, look up here, mate. Some of y'all support that tongue-flapping crowd. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. Nice quiet crowd we got here tonight. He'll step out on the scene and he'll claim to be God. The Bible said that he'll bring a false peace upon the face of the earth. Jesus said when you hear a man say peace, peace, behold, sudden destruction is just ahead. He'll claim to be God. He'll look just like the pictures of that hippie Jesus you have in your living room. May I say Jesus is not a hillbilly. He's not a homo and he's not a hippie. He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And he'll step out on the scene and he'll have smooth and attire and he'll have all the antidotes and he'll have all the gestures of Jesus. I could get into this deep, I won't right now, but I do believe that it could be a real manifestation of Judas Iscariot. He's the only man in the Bible that ever went to his own place. Who could better portray Jesus than somebody that lived with him for three and a half years? Learn all of his antidotes, all of his customs, all of his ways, all of his speech. He'll come from his own place, he'll be the false prophet, the Antichrist, and he'll set up a one world kingdom. He'll bring all religions together. All doctrine will be nullified and done away with. We don't gather together under doctrine, he'll say. We gather together under the umbrella of love. Everybody just get together and love everybody. The Bible said he'll do signs and lying wonders. So I said, oh, he's got to be God. He performs miracles. Is that right? The Antichrist can perform miracles according to 2 Thessalonians chapter number 2. Revelation chapter number 13, he'll speak to a graven image. And that image will walk and talk and come alive. Everybody will bow at his feet and say, this has to be God. The first three and a half years of the tribulation period is a false peace. During that time, they'll build Solomon's temple back and the throne of David will be established. He'll sit on the throne of David. He'll institute a one world government, a one world religion, and a one world army. He'll bring all the armies and the powers of the world together. Satan will sit on that throne and the Bible said he has deceived the multitudes of the world. Even Israel with the scales over their eyes will fall at his feet and say this has to be God. But I tell you, brother, halfway through the tribulation period, something takes place that reveals the severity of God's judgment like never before. I must skip a lot of it. I got to hurry and close. Daniel chapter number 11 and verse number 31 called it the abomination of desolation. Once that temple is resurrected and the Antichrist sits on the throne of David and claims to be God, the whole world about his feet. Here's the millennium. This is what we've been waiting for. This is the one that's going to bring world peace. He's going to have all the answers to all of our problems. He can heal the sick, raise the dead, make miracles, and even fire come from heaven, according to the book of Revelation. But the Bible said, brother, he makes a bad mistake in Daniel chapter number 11 and verse number 31 when he does the abomination of desolation. Since Jesus died on the cross, nowhere has Israel ever 
offered another blood sacrifice on the altar. The temple shook and it was done away with at the, at the death of Jesus on the cross. And the veil was rent from top to bottom. But brother, when the Antichrist sits on the throne of David and claims to be God, they'll bring back that blood altar, that brazen altar. And for the first time since Jesus died, those unbelieving Jews will offer up a sacrifice at the base of that throne unto the Antichrist, thinking it's God. When the blood of that animal hits that altar, that is an abomination to what Jesus did on the cross. Some theologians believe that that animal, out of all animals, will be a pig. Now, I'm not a Jew, and I'm glad I can eat pig. How in the name of God can you live without bacon? Oh, God. I know, it, I know it'll kill you, but what a way to go. I'm telling you, man. But anyhow, it was pronounced unclean in the Old Testament. And brother, they'll bring that pig in and cut that hog's throat. And when that blood hits that altar, brother, God's looking down out of heaven. And the Bible said, there's never been judgment like it before. And there never shall be judgment like it hereafter. It's called the abomination of desolation. When God sees them make a mockery of what Jesus did on the cross. Of the Bible said he'll pour out his wrath without mixture and without mercy. Never has God ever poured judgment out on this world that there was not a strand of grace and mercy. When God brought the flood, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. When God rained down fire on Sodom, God delivered Noah, excuse me, Lot and his family before the fire came. You show me judgment, I'll show you mercy. But brother, when that blood hits that altar, God said, for the first time since I've created this universe, I'm pouring out my wrath. I'm going to show them the judgment and the severity of my wrath. And the Bible said that God will smoke the sun and it'll turn to blood. Uh, he'll smoke the waters and all the waters will turn to blood. Can you imagine turning your water faucet on and blood gushing out of it? You go to the beach or one of the rivers or streams to try to be cool and you find that they've all been turned to blood. Billions of dead fish, fish are standing and rotten and floating and on top of the waters. One third of the stars will fall from the sky and the moon will refuse to shine. God will knock the sun and the earth off its axis and pull it together. For 6,000 years this earth has pivoted and never detoured one degree. But during the tribulation period God will knock it off of its axis and pull it close to the sun. The shingles will melt off your house brother like a butter on a hot sidewalk. There'll be no place to run. You can't even get a drink of water because it's all been turned to blood. The judgment of God is everywhere. The Bible said in Revelation chapter number 9, verse number 1 through verse number 6, that in those days the judgment of God will be so real and so vile that men shall seek to die and death will flee from them. The tribulation period is the only time recorded on the face of this earth that men will try to commit suicide and they cannot die. Can you imagine walking down the street and hearing somebody calling from the rafters of their home, help me, help me. You run upstairs into the attic, there hangs a man. His throat's pulled out of joint and yanked to one side at his, as he's dangling from the trusses of his attic. But even though his neck is broke, he cannot die. You go down the stairs and there stands a woman with a butcher knife shoved through her heart. All eight pints of blood are popped out, pumped out at the bottom of her feet. She's as white as a ghost.
Ghost, but yet she can't die. You walk down the road and a man has got his throat slit and the juggler vein in the carotid arteries pumping blood, but he can't die. You hear a young man screaming around the corner. Half his head is blown off with a pistol. His brains are dangling down his neck, but still he cannot die. I'm telling you, God said, death will flee from them. You talking about bad days, buddy. I'm telling you, there's bad days ahead for those that did not receive the love of the truth. Oh, I'm so glad that I'm not going through the tribulation period. You wonder why I'm happy. You wonder why I'm excited. You wonder why I'm glad I'm a Christian. I'll be gone. Hallelujah. You may not want to get saved tonight, sir, but there's a day coming when you wish you would have. Let me tell you what the Bible said. The Bible said in Revelation chapter number nine, that God will send an angel from heaven with the key to the bottomless pit. He'll open the lid to the bottomless pit and ungodly demonic beasts will come out of the flames of that pit. They'll weigh 1,500 to 2,000 pounds. The Bible said they're big as a horse. They'll have a face like a man, hair like a woman, teeth like a lion, and tails like scorpion. They'll have two sets of wings. They'll be able to fly through the air. And John said, they sound as the sound of many chariots. Brother, when they fly through the air, when those wings hold up that 2,000 pound body, it actually sounds like chariots running across the ground. The Bible said power and a sword of fire proceed out of their mouth. And they devour anything that's in its sight. Within its tail has the power to sting men and to torment them and beg them to die for five months. Can you imagine 2,000 pound demons, honey, filling the air and flying through the sky? I'm not talking about Wizard of Oz. I'm not talking about Walt Disney. I'm not talking about Alfred Hitchcock. I'm talking about what the Bible said. Demons will fill the air. Listen, hell will fall from heaven on fire, bigger than an automobile, and crush people to the ground, and they'll not be able to die. All kinds of viruses and sicknesses and diseases and plagues will fill the land, but men will not be able to die. Their organs will literally rot from the inside out. Their intercles will protrude out of their body. Their eyes will fall out of the sockets. You'll be able to smell them before you see them, but still they're not able to die. Oh, I'm talking about the judgment of God. I'm talking about the judgment of God. God said, I did it on those that loved unrighteousness and received not the love of the truth. You think it's bad now? You wait till God gets done with this mess. You ain't seen nothing yet, honey. Severity of the judgment of God. I'm out of time, but this is the last point I want to get to. Salvation will be an impossibility during the tribulation period. There's a lot of controversy, and this is where it's at. I know what some of you are thinking. You're not fooling me. You don't preach 1,100 meetings, man, and, and just fall off a pumpkin truck that day. I was born in the morning, but it wasn't this morning. I know what some of you are thinking. You're going to get up Sunday, and you're going to realize Jesus has come, and you've been left behind. What are you going to do now? What are you going to do, sir, when you roll over one morning to hug your wife and instead of your wife being in the bed, all there is is a fresh puddle of blood in her night clothing. You say, oh my God, she's gone. What are you going to do, lady, when you roll over or you get up to go cook breakfast and you come back in the bedroom to tell your husband breakfast is ready and it's time to go and all there is is a stain of blood on his pillow where he's gone. What are you teenagers going to do when you come home from school and you wonder why mama's not cooking supper and dad's car is not in the yard and you call their cell phone and nobody answers and there's nothing cooking in the kitchen and it seems like everybody's been gone and all of a sudden you see blood splattered everywhere and you wonder what in the name of God's going on. Finally you turn the radio on and you hear the broadcast. Millions are missing chaos throughout all the world and you say, oh my God. Oh God, God, no. 
What are you going to do, young lady, when you get up and you go in that beautiful little nursery to get your baby up? Strange. Baby's always up crying for breakfast by now. But this morning, the baby's not crying. So you leap out of bed and you kick the door open to see if the baby's inside and everything's all right. And all you see is a nighty and a small puddle of blood in the mattress of a crib. You come to the gruesome realization, oh my God, it's happened. Those preachers up in Hilltop told me this was going to happen. And now I, I, thought, I just thought it was a dream. I thought they were trying to scare me. I thought they were just trying to get me to make a profession. But it's true. It's real. Oh, God. They're gone. You know what you're going to do, son? Let me tell you what some of you, tell you what some of you sitting in this building is going to do. You're going to get in your automobile and say, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I remember that Friday night during revival meeting up here at Hilltop. Brother Kid preached on this. Brother Kid told me this was going to happen. Now Jesus is coming. I've been left behind. But I remember how to get saved. I remember Brother Kid said, if I'd repent by faith and turn to Jesus, that God had saved me. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to ride up the hilltop. There won't be nobody there, but I... I want to go to Hilltop. I want to go to that little church where they used to beg me to get saved. I want to go to that old-fashioned church where Brother Franklin used to stand and cry and beg me to come to Jesus. I'm going to go where they told me the Word of God and how to get right with God. But to your amazement, son, when you turn that corner coming up the hill instead of the parking lot being empty and the church being dark, young lady, you're going to be in for a big surprise. You're going to find cars packed all through this parking lot. You're going to find people shoved off down the road. You're going to find that parking lot out across that, out across that shopping center is full. You're going to find cars packed off down off the road here over toward the fellowship hall. I tell you, the lights are going to be on. This building's going to be packed. You're going to be blown away. You're going to be amazed. You can't believe this many people are here. What in the world are they doing here? They're doing the same thing you're doing. They remembered when a man of God warned them to get saved and flee from the wrath of God. And brother, when you come in the back door, son, they're not going to be singing. Brother Michael won't be leading the singing. There won't be anybody playing the piano. Nobody's going to be preaching. All you're going to see is an ocean of people. They're going to be laid out across these floors. I'll be, I believe they'll be laid out under the pews. I believe when you open the door, you'll be able to hear them across the neighborhood. Nobody's laughing. Nobody's telling jokes. Nobody's talking about hunting stories. Nobody's talking about fishing. Nobody's talking about their job. But all in one accord, they're crying out, Oh, God! Save me! God, save me, please! But I'm going to tell you what your Bible says. Because you had pleasure in unrighteousness and received not the love of the truth, God, God will send you a strong delusion. He's going to damn you to hell, buddy. Always remember this if you leave here tonight without Jesus. Don't ever forget this. If you miss the rapture, you are doomed for hell. I'm so glad I won't be here for the tribulation period. Let's stand with our heads bowed. Brother Michael's going to sing just as I am. And Heaven, such glorious beauty everywhere. Heaven, 
There's no other place that can compare. Heaven, God's glory fills the air. Heaven, there'll be no more pain and sorrow there. Heaven, no more sickness and death nor despair. Heaven, the Lamb of God sits on His throne chair. Heaven is the eternal home for the saints the Lord has prepared. If you're on the road to nowhere, separation from a holy God is a living nightmare. Your life may seem hopeless, but Jesus cares. Jesus understands, and He is aware. That's why the cross He did bear. He wants you to become His kingdom heir. Can you trust and believe in the Lord today? If yes, then pray the sinner's prayer. Father in heaven, I know I'm a sinner and have sinned against you. And my sins have separated me from you. Please forgive me for my sins. I confess with my mouth and believe with all my heart that Jesus is your son. I believe that he died on the cross of Calvary that I can be forgiven and have eternal life in the kingdom of heaven. Father, I believe Jesus rose from the dead. And I ask you right now to come into my life and be my Savior and my Lord. I repent of my sins and I will live and worship you all the days of my life because your word is truth. I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. And right now, I am born again. I am saved and I am cleansed by the precious blood of Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen.